0: Hi, this is Robert Hooks, and you are listening to TV Confidential, and keep doing it.
1: Stephen, you devote the better part of three chapters to the story of East Side, West Side, um, a a one-season show starring um, George C. Scott as a crusading social worker that ran um, uh, uh, between 1963 and 1964, and while it is very clear that... uh, East Side West Side was a show that moved and shook, according to George C. Scott. It seems to me that uh, East Side West Side also embodies very much of what David Susskind was all about, and this is what I mean by that. On, on, on the one hand, East Side West Side tackled liberal causes. It was thought-provoking. It was not afraid to bring race into the living room. And it, it portrayed women as peers, which, in a way, is, is, ha- is how Suskind saw women in real life at Talent Associates
0: well this show evolved out of Newton Minow's comments because once Newton Minow said that he was concerned about programming and thought that there should be a wider array of a type of programming. i was going to say susskind's nemesis team of, of uh, the father and son team of, of defense lawyers uh, uh, who did very it was played by e.g marshall and robert creed mm-hmm. and they did very controversial subjects every week i mean uh and they lost cases yeah they I mean, famously did a show about abortion they did a show about the blacklist they did shows about um, insanity defenses and, and uh, all sorts of interesting complex legal issues and uh, and it did very well uh, with uh, with audiences, and, and uh, the networks wanted more of that. East Side, West Side was sort of in that same vein. with George C. Scott as a social worker, George C. Scott wanted to raise money for a theater that he wanted to start uh, back in his uh, hometown in Michigan. So he was open to doing television, even though he was a red-hot movie actor. Mm-hmm. He had been uh, uh, he had turned into a a, a great performance in then uh, The Hustler. He could really write his own ticket at the time, but he chose. But he made it known he wanted to do TV. And and uh, CBS needed a project for him. And even though David had been on the outs because of his FCC remarks, they knew that he had a relationship with George, that David had worked well with George, uh, with, with some of the TV plays he produced in the 1950s. And um, and so they said, well, what have you got for him? And they came up with East Side, West Side, the show about, uh, about social workers. Uh... Scott's boss was played by uh, Elizabeth Wilson, uh, who uh, ran cut off the community uh, welfare service mm-hmm. office. And the secretary in the office was Cicely Tyson. Now, the NAACP was beginning to make noise at the time about, uh, about having the networks cast more uh, black performers on TV. And uh, David, by hiring uh, Cicely Tyson, uh, basically gave the first... Regular role to uh, a black actor on a drama. Right. And um, and it was pretty earth-shaking, it turned out. For many reasons that are pointed out in, in, in the couple of chapters on the show uh, in the book. Uh, the show itself was incredibly downbeat. You had a lot of left-wing uh, writers on it, many of whom had been blacklisted during the 1950s, and they kind of channeled their anger into this show, so they did Time of uh, alcoholism, mental illness, uh, age discrimination, housing discrimination, uh, uh, urban renewal, and how that was some, that, that was just destroying uh, neighborhoods. I mean, and the show was bleak, and there was, there was often no resolution at the end, but it was terrific because of George C. Scott. Uh, the show ran into trouble uh, when they did an episode in uh, November of 1963, and there was Called "Who Do You Kill?" starring uh, James Earl Jones and uh, the beautiful uh, black actress uh, Diana Sands, mm-hmm. who played. Uh, and they played a couple in Harlem. Uh, uh, he was having trouble getting into uh, getting a job, and and getting he couldn't get into an apprentice program because of his race. She had to work as a cocktail waitress. At And this is in 1963,
1: mm-hmm.
0: beamed into 20 million homes in America, 20 million people tuned in that night. I mean, it was a shocking uh, program uh, for the country, for a lot of the countries that didn't know that people lived this way anywhere in America. Uh, and some stations in the South who were aware uh, uh, the civil rights movement is bubbling uh, did not run the show and actually stopped running it after that. Uh, CBS affiliates dropping it, and uh, the, the chapter points out how, uh, how uh, at a certain point, uh, Stein is told, "If you want this show to go to a second season, you've got to fire Cicely Tyson." Uh, her presence on the show, even though she wasn't on the show a lot, I mean, her her her, her role was kind of minimized. Mm-hmm. And George C. Scott would often fight with network executives over it. uh... Her presence was uh, was uh, a problem for these stations. And uh, and David is faced with a choice uh, about her and and the future of the show.
1: Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. We we, we talked a little bit about how the show changed a couple of weeks back when we had our mutual friend Stephen Bowie on this program, uh, Steve. But um, and and as and, and to make the story short, uh, in in, in mid season, um, Scott's character went from being a crusading journalist to working for a. A, a congressman played by Lyndon Childs, and um Cecily tyson was you know was uh was was dropped from the cast although uh and you talk about this in the book, even though Tyson left the show in the middle of the show's only season, apparently Scott wanted to bring her back if in the event they got renewed um
0: that wasn't' isn't qu- quite what it says George was very headstrong mm-hmm. and very he he owned a piece of the show, yeah. and he was very good uh, you know he was he was a he was a volatile guy and a raging alcoholic, very unpredictable and very intimidating. He would go to an, he would go into network meetings uh... and when, uh, with jim aubrey and or or Mike Dan and other serious executives yeah. and they would discuss you know their their issues with the show and George was known, and he probably did this more than once. He would take he would first of all he'd come in dressed in fatigues and boots and then he would take a apple out of his pocket and a knife out of his boot and he would st- and as he was listening to network executives complain, he would slowly peel the the, the apple with his knife with his giant switchblade knife. And there's one story that he jammed it into Jim aubrey's desk and a, you know, I mean it was at another time and they had to hold him back. I mean he was a scary dude, yeah. and they were so uh, so. You know, and David liked that too. David, because it, this way, David didn't have to sort of be the difficult one. He had George just sort of be the battering ram for him. And George was wanted to take the show. He actually wanted the show to change. He wanted the character Neil Brock, this the uh, the uh, this uh, social worker, to evolve, and uh, and he wanted. He thought that he and Jane Foster, the secretary played by Sissy uh, Tyson, should get married to be an interracial couple uh, on the show in, in the second season, and I think he, that was spoken out of sort of obliviousness to to the, to the, for the how bad the situation uh, was between CBS and, and its uh, and its affiliate stations. Uh, as far as her, she was not. She she did appear in uh, in one of the last six episodes after Neil Brock had changed jobs to mm-hmm. become to uh, work for the congressman, and you do see them walking arm, arm in arm in one scene at the end. I mean, obviously uh, to me, the, it did communicate the, the notion that, that that he that there was that, there, that they wanted to pursue a, a real relationship here, a, a first real interracial romance on on network television, but the show had I mean you know in, in terms of the problems with the show, they just run off the rails I mean and the show was even cancelled before the episodes that with uh, where Neil Brock works for Lyndon child's the congressman even aired so I mean the network it, uh, they just could not handle the pressure from their affiliates and uh, and from advertisers too who were who were fearful and were pulling from the show but it's a fascinating story I mean because it's happening at the height of the civil rights movement exactly 1963. uh... and uh, I mean David, during this whole year while this is happening, he's he's fired from his from uh, from the TV station that that where his talk show originates because uh, he wants to have uh, James Baldwin and Harry Belafonte on to talk about the, the state of the American ne- uh, Negro. And as I said then, and and, uh, and station management was opposed to it. And then um, weeks later, he interviews Martin Luther King uh, uh, for two hours, and two days later. President Kennedy addresses the nation about and uh, uh, presents the, the uh, his, his Civil Rights legislation, and a year later becomes the Civil Rights Act. I mean, so it's a lot of things that are sort of playing out here at the same time, and it was it was it's uh, it was a, a, a fascinating time in American, uh, and uh, I don't think anyone's really looked at it from a TV perspective before, and that's what I really tried to do uh, in the book. Time To do something good for the vets, give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country, and your old car can really help them. So, call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your
1: taxes at the same time. Call right now 800 890 1032. 800 890 1032. 800 890 1032. That's 800 890 1032. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at TVconfidential.net, talk at TVconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash TV Confidential, x.com forward slash TV Confidential, or at